0: Hi there, and welcome. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan, the ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Today, we continue our survey of John. We're looking at the I Am statements recorded by John that Jesus made. Now, today, we take one final look at this I Am statement that Jesus mentions, that He is the door. Now, this will lead us into the very next I Am statement, I Am the Good Shepherd. Please join us as we see how the two are linked, Uh, who exactly benefits from this door, and as a result of understanding that answer, we then get a clear understanding of why Jesus then says He is the Good Shepherd. Here's Pastor Jessica Stan and today's broadcast of Way of Grace. A Good
1: Shepherd is going to do this. He's going to see to it that you exercise the frequent cycle of what? Following, feeding, and what? Can I tell you what the folding is? Resting. Right, I put dressing, that was a typo. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what my... See, I guess it goes to show you how much, uh, how much understanding we have of grammar around this place. If you find out what that word dressing means in any other language or genre in the world, please let me know. Please let me know. But there are three things, and these are critical to the manner of the sheep. The manner of the sheep. The manner of the sheep. The manner of the sheep, the of the sheep follow the shepherd. The manner of the sheep feed because of the fields the shepherd leads them to. The manner of the sheep is that they fold. You know what fold means? You, you sit there and you get full and you just rest until the shepherd says it's time to go again. You guys understand that? Until the shepherd says it's time to go again. And he's going to always say it's time to go again because we are following him. He must give you exercise. He must teach you discernment. You must learn how to walk with him so it's not about coming to church sitting on your butt just getting full you guys got that walking with him in a personal way is him taking you through the acute experiences of life and showing you how that he is there to help you navigate them as he sustains your soul so that you know that he truly is the good shepherd all right we'll pick that up more fully next week i just want you to know that if you are not following if you're not feeding and if you are not resting as a cycle that is folding, you probably have a real challenge affirming that you're one of his sheep. Because you see, sheep are pathological in their need of the shepherd. You got it? And when you find mature believers, and I'm just telling you now, I'm going to tell you now, I've been doing this for I don't know how many years now, and I've learned the pathology of, of, of professing believers. The people that get in trouble are the people who do not follow this principle. I watch them all the time. They somehow think they can do Jesus all by themselves. Nothing in the Bible promotes that. Nowhere, no time. Point number two. Point number two. So we see the manner of the sheep. Secondly, the method of the shepherd. This is easy, but I want you to get this. What is his job? To demonstrate the personal presence in their life to lead them. His personal presence. Look again at verse 2. But he that entereth into the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name. And then does what, did he, what does he do? He leads them out. This implies a personal presence of Christ. Listen. So, you and I don't know where we're going. Somebody that knows where they're going has to lead us. And the presence of Christ is the presence of the Spirit of God that works through the Word of God to lead us through this world. To press that home on a more personal level, guess what? When you really have a relationship with the Lord Jesus, He qualifies you to maintain real sensitivity to His presence in your life. How many of you sheep know when Christ is far away from you? How many of you know when He's real near? Right, and there's a massive difference between the two, isn't it? When he is not near, your heart is hardened. When he is not near, you are presumptuous and far more inclined to push the envelope in the areas of sin. When he is not near, you don't have the available supplies of grace to actually do the in, the counterintuitive thing that is to obey him. Can I get a witness? See, so you know what to do, but you don't do it. It requires his personal presence. You have to love being near to Jesus. And when you are not, you should be fearful. You should be doubting. You should be struggling in your soul. You should feel a sense of vulnerability and liability. You should feel a sense of the potential for the wolf to get you now. See, in the city, thieves and robbers. In the fields, wolves. That's what he said. Look at it for yourself. Verse 12. Let me start at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he that is in an hireling and not the shepherd, that's all these other people you listen to. Whose own the sheep are not because they didn't die for you. They didn't atone for you. They didn't rise for you. They didn't justify you. They didn't quicken you. They didn't call you. He seeth the wolf coming. And he leaves the sheep and runs. And the wolf catches them. Do you see it? And scatters the sheep. Now, the Jewish people... Very gregarious and agricultural in nature. They understood this metaphor, this analogy, acutely, (coughs) profoundly, intimately. They saw this happen over and over and over again in the field. And when you love your sheep and you see your sheep taken by a wolf, it's going to affect you emotionally. I'm talking about a real shepherd with real sheep. So this is the reason why the shepherd knows that he must lay down his life because the wolf has a nature. The wolf has a nature. He's going to look for every point of vulnerability he can. And he is tenacious, tenacious, tenacious. He's going to get the sheep if he can. He'll wait for them to do the stupid. Because all he needs them to do is get away from the flock and the shepherd. For just a small period of time. And he got you. And what does this look like just because I got your attention? Since we're using analogies and metaphors. What does it look like for a sheep to get taken in by a wolf? If you're one of God's elect, it means temporary insanity. Y'all listening to me? Temporary insanity. Because of your presumption, you lose your sense of discernment. And you follow this track that really is rooted in your own carnal desires. But you're not really admitting the fact that you're not going under your own strength. You're actually being dragged by the wolf deeper into the forest to be consumed by him. And in some cases, as the apostle puts it, The consumption requires the death of the believer that the soul might be saved in the day of Jesus. Because you privately sat there and let the wolf get you on all the different mediums or in all the different spaces. In all the different circumstances that you thought you could traverse and enter into and be saved. Now the Holy Ghost told you not to do it over and over and over and over and over again but your heart was hardened y'all hearing me your heart was hardened now sometimes the shepherd can retrieve the sheep but you didn't lost a leg you can laugh all you want this is the truth so you will look into folds and you will see that sheep have been delivered but they lost a leg lost an arm they're maimed saved but maimed And so saved people who are maimed are saved people who fundamentally are aware that they have really lost the privilege of being able to do what God wanted them to do because they messed up really bad. Are y'all hearing me? Right. This is important for you to know. This is important. You are not in a human sense indestructible. You are not in a human sense invincible. You are not in a human sense so invincible you can do whatever you want and there is no cost. There is a major cost to rebelling against God. Ask Brother Lot. The wolf got him. Did the wolf get Lot? It got him. And destroyed his whole family. Right? as he thought, you know, I can do this. I can do Jesus and Sodom too. He had no idea what was lurking in the wells in the abyss of Sodom. As we're learning in our Friday study. Because once you get into the clutches of the wolf, there's no delivering you but the shepherd himself. Do you guys understand that? And if you read your Bible in the Old Testament, it's clear that God will allow from time to time really rebellious sheep to suffer the ravages of attacks by wolves. Just read it. I'm not embellishing just for effect. I'm under obligation to tell you the truth read your bible i know i know y'all don't do that read your bible and you'll discover in your bible that god did that to israel he let him go like sheep and the wolves devoured him so that every now and then all there was was a hoof an ear as the evidence that there was a sheep and that's why people come and that's why people go and this is how you gradually lose the effectiveness That's what our master is talking about. This is is what he's warning about in this text. Why? Do you know why? Because we're sheep. So now if you and I are sheep, then the master wants us to act like sheep, right? Is that true? Right. So when we act other than like sheep, but because we are sheep, we make our sheep status vulnerable, don't we? Now, if we act like we're shepherds, when we're sheep, we're going to get in trouble. If we act like we're some kind of Superman, Transformers, Superheroes, comic book types. But all we are sheep. Some of them get what I'm saying. The rest of y'all don't. Old people don't get this. The Young people get this. Now then flip the script, right? Now I'm talking to the young people. Here's the point. The reason we get in trouble is because we don't understand the limitations of what a sheep constitute so as to stay in our bounds. And to relate to God as a sheep and him to a shepherd, which says, Lord, stay near me. Keep keep me, Lord. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. I'm inclined to folly. I have no defense. I don't have the ability to... Listen, I can't fight and I can't run. you in trouble as a sheep. You can't fight and you can't run. What do you need? A shepherd. His personal presence, his provisions of grace to do what? Nurture us. I'll pick that up next week. You do believe that the Lord knows how to lead you in the green pastures. He knows how to lead you beside still waters. Right? He knows how to restore and freshen your soul. He knows how to spread a table out in the presence of your enemies. Right? So that your cup runs over. He knows how to do that. Right? And this is the great motif we'll deal with next week to affirm the whole concept of what it means for him to be the good shepherd. Is he a good shepherd to take a bunch of rebel sheeps like us? And leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. Only to wake up in the presence of him having spread a table for us. And to dine on Christ at the level of kings and queens. Is he good or what? And we didn't do anything to deserve it. But mostly is what we're about to deal with now. His protective love to secure them. You see? Here it is, verse 12 and 13 and then verse uh, uh, 14 for us to get this and we'll wrap this up. But he that is an hireling and, the sh- uh, 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 and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep, flees, and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hireling flees because he is a hireling, and he does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep, and I'm known of mine. Watch this now. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life. For the sheep. Do you see it? Verse 18. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my father. Amazing. Because this now moves us into our third point that his protective love secures them because he actually is what? The door of their salvation. He's the door. And what that means is in order to enter into the fold, Christ has to die for you. Got it? He has to lay down his life. We only get in because he has chosen to protect us and to love us and to give his life for us. This is the strange language that you are hearing as Christ now is moving from talking on a horizontal plane to a vertical plane. You'll notice that the way Christ is talking right now is he's beginning to now talk about what he is aware of his father's approval is. You know that Jesus really came to do the will of his father, right? And do you know this, that for Christ, the thing that just motivated him as the ultimate objective was his father's pleasure. Everything he did was not exclusively for, but primarily for his father's glory. And even now, as we're dealing with this profound imagery of the shepherd in relationship to the sheep, he's saying, I lay down my life for the sheep, and my father loves me because of it. Do you guys get that? All right, so we're transitioning now into the shepherd sort of mentality and, and, and dossier, which I don't want to develop until next week, but here's what I want you to get. There is this strange thing going on in our text. Around the I am statement of Christ being the shepherd for his father on the behalf of his people, bringing them into a relationship of love. Are y'all hearing me? A relationship of love that is radical, that is redemptive, and that demonstrates sacrificially what love does. When the object of his love is going to be had at every cost. What Christ is saying is, my father loves me because I lay down my life for the sheep. Point number three says, we enter into Christ by what? He is for the sheep, their total what? And he is their liberty and their what? Therefore, he is the what? Does that make sense? three subpoints to wrap this up then therefore he is their good shepherd this is what is meant by verse 14 and 15 i am the good shepherd i know my sheep and my sheep are known of mine and as the father knows me even so i know the father and i lay down my life for the sheep verse 17 therefore doth my father love me because i lay down my life, that I might take it back again. The Lord Jesus is giving us insight into this strange love of God, the father, love of God, the son in relationship to his sheep. Therefore he is their good shepherd. And I just want to call your attention in closing to three subpoints in your outline. They should be there. A knowledge of what? A knowledge of what? Divine love and a knowledge of love that what? Conquers death. When Christ say, I know my sheep and my sheep know me, verse 14, I I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. He is not merely talking about prescience or uh, omniscience, the ability for him to say, I can identify my sheep in the world. When he says, I know my sheep, he is saying, I love my sheep. When he says, I know my sheep, he is saying, I love my sheep. And when the scripture says, my sheep know me, it means they love me too. The love of God is always a covenantal response based upon a specific kind of knowing that constitutes an obligation for God, who is the ultimate good, to do something for those he love by way of bringing them into the sphere of that ultimate good. The way I want to close this out is this, as we prepare for next week's understanding of the good shepherd, the good shepherd, because that adjective is unique to Christ alone. Here's what I want you to understand, that the Father has chosen, through the metaphor of a shepherd, because of us stupid sheep, to not only reveal, but communicate His love to us. Are you hearing me? Not only reveal, but communicate His love to us in the most intimate terms, of a shepherd with his sheep. Of a shepherd with his sheep. So think about this. This is God. And we believe that he loves us. Do we? And we believe because he loves us, he has purposed before time to have us. Do you believe that? And in purposing before time to have us, he has provided what is necessary to secure us. But what that looks like is his son taking the office of shepherd and coming into this world to draw his sheep to himself at the expense of laying down his life. You got that? This is why redounding all throughout heaven should be he is a good shepherd. He, by this metaphor and motif of a shepherd, draws us sheep out of the human pen of fallen humanity. And by his love draws us closer and closer and closer and closer to him. In the process of us following and feeding and folding He is drawing us up into a Trinitarian love that must be understood. Do you hear me? This is an inner Trinitarian relationship where the Father and the Son and the Spirit who know each other in a covenant love context at a level of which they want us to know For which Christ says, I know mine and mine know me. And as I know mine and mine know me, so I know the Father and the Father knows me. That's crazy. And now we are again at John 17. Father, I will that those whom you have given me be with me where I am. That they might know the love that you have for me and I for you that that same love might be in them. Do you see what's going on here? We are getting swept up into a metaphor that is showing us the character and nature and shape of God's eternal love for his people. And here's how it reciprocates if you have tasted the love of God in Christ. In the same way in which Christ loved you enough to give himself for you, as you grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord, He's calling us to reciprocate that love. Is He not? Is He calling us to reciprocate that? Has history proven, child of God, that grace can be poured into the soul by the Spirit of God at such a rich level that the sheep are willing to lay down their life for the shepherd? In the same way the shepherd is willing to lay down his life for the sheep. Can you affirm that, child of God? Can you affirm that God, once again, is demonstrating in our text such a radical Trinitarian relationship, which is inclusive of his people, from which the judgment and slaughter of the sheep, having been delivered, is taken and becomes the judgment and slaughter of the shepherd to which he was delivered, which act of love on his part to the sheep is designed to provoke the sheep's reciprocating love towards the shepherd expressed in sacrificial obedience of faith that also lays down its life both in service and, if necessary, in death because of the love of God poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Amen.
0: That'll conclude our time today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan, the Ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We thank you for spending time with us. Trust that as you do walk through God's Word with us, you're growing in grace, growing in your relationship with Christ and your love and adoration to Him. As we conclude our time together today, we would like to remind you that if today's broadcast was an impact to you, maybe it really blessed you, or maybe you've got a question or two that to listen to this program again would help out. Well, we have CDs available when you call or write to us. Or if you wish, simply stop by our website and download the audio file from the website. Our web address is grace-bible.com. Rather simple. Again, grace-bible.com. Or contact us by phone at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, the address is 22768 Main Street. And that's here in Hayward. The zip code is 94541. Again, that's 22768 main street hayward california 94541 is the zip code we ask for five dollars per cd or again as mentioned simply stop by our website and you can listen to the message in its entirety or download the mp3 version grace-bible.com one final note, we're inviting you to join us for worship. Sunday services are at 11 a.m. with Sunday school at 10 a.m. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study at 8 p.m. We'd love for you to stop by and join us for worship, especially if you're not involved in a fellowship at this time. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We have folks from all kinds of churches all over the Bay Area joining us at 8 p.m. It's a marvelous time of studying God's Word together as a company of believers. Again, for directions, simply go to grace biblecom or call or call 9782 Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless.
1: say, we love Jesus